Napa know-how. When you purchase a set of Napa brake pads and rotors, you get a discount code from Fanatics.com worth up to $50 towards your favorite sports gear. While Napa can't help your team reach the promised land, we can help make sure your car will because these brakes come with something no sports team does. Guaranteed performance. Great brakes, great price, great fan gear. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Offer expires September 30th, 2017. For SEN America, this is the SEN MLB Podcast. Hi everybody and welcome to the show for this uh, week. It's deja vu all over again. JC, good to see you here again, mate. Welcome to the show. Fantastic. Great to see you too, Fritta. Thank you, mate. Uh, Good to be here. God, we're coming down to the real crunch time of the season now with... Uh, the playoffs just around the corner. You're going to go through the standings just before we get to that. Of course, during the week, the St. Louis Cardinals became the first team to clinch a playoff spot, followed by then the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates locked down a playoff spot. And just most recently, the um, Kansas, Kansas City, City Royals, Royals of course, won their, won their division. Won their so. division. First time. They've won the AL Central. They've won the West before some 30 years ago, but first time they've won the Central. But uh, let's have a look at the standings for this week. Well, why don't we start with the Central? And uh, Kansas City has uh, locked down the win there. So congratulations to Kansas City. Not my favourite team, but uh, congratulations yeah, you've never been a fan. I think I'm going to pull for the Royals this year. Just to, you would. Just to burn it you for would. you. <laughs> oh, just to, yeah. You know, you can, you can observe a lot by watching. Apparently you can, yes. And what I've learnt uh, with the Kansas City Royals is that uh, I, I think they've got a lot of young um, uh, Latino pitching. And, yep. uh, and But I, I've got to say that um, they certainly have uh, done the job this year. They've done it really well. It's just uh, they probably take offence a little bit too much for my liking and they throw at hitters yeah, a little right. bit too much. And that's probably what got up my nose you yep. know, regarding the Kansas City Royals. But congratulations to them. Absolutely. Of course, K- Kendry Morales hit a, had a three-home run game during the week and then fractured a thumb, I believe. So he's currently... Yeah, that's unfortunate um, for him coming into the playoffs. The sincerity so. is oozing out of that. No, the well, Royals. <laughs> no, you know what? As much as I, I, I don't like them as a team, you don't wish bad luck on... on of course. On this is really, especially coming to this time of year, cause crunch time. Yep. Uh, and so they took out the... Uh, the the uh, the title there uh, from Minnesota, who are still in the chase for a wild card spot. There are only a game and a half out of uh, a wild card spot there, so uh, they're they're chasing down uh, the Houston Astros there for that uh, second wild card spot. Uh, so they're not out of it, and so is Cleveland. Cleveland's not out of it as well. They're only four games behind in the wild card, but they've been eliminated, obviously. Yeah. Um, moving to the West, can I just the Twins, the Minnesota, currently sitting in second place. They they're close to that wild card spot and I did notice a question that was very posed. close that's what I just said were you listening yeah but but um, <laughs> I was sort of preempting what I was going to say with this question now is that there was a question posed regards because there's going to be such a f- twins feel to the aces this year depending on how far they go in the playoffs Joe Vav- Vavra 
the new manager of the Melbourne Aces. Of course, he's bench coach with the Minnesota Twins big league team. I wonder how far, depending on how far they go in the playoffs, whether he can get here to be involved in any sort of preseason training at all for the Melbourne Aces. That's a real concern <laughs> because they're every, be. they're every possible chance to uh, to get that wild card spot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything can happen. There's still uh, a week left of uh, a week of games left, and they only they're only a game and a half out. So yeah. anything can possibly happen. Sure. But uh, and it's unfortunate too that um, in Melbourne, particularly, it gets late early out here. Yeah, it, it does. This time of year, in particular, uh, tends to happen quite a bit. But uh, moving from the central. Uh, yeah, we did the West. So, um, no, we're doing the West You're now. The West, Texas, yeah, yeah. Uh, Texas is not far away from uh, clinching that spot there from Houston. Uh, the Angels uh, a week away from getting eliminated there. Seattle's still even a chance, and they're still in the running with Oakland. They've been eliminated. Yep. But uh, as we said, Houston currently have a wild card spot, but they're only a game and a half ahead of Minnesota and the Angels, and they're closing fast. So anything can happen there. Yeah. Really interesting to see how that one pans out. And then moving to the East, my favorite division currently, yep. uh, with the all-conquering Toronto Blue Jays at the moment doing that very nicely. I think with uh, a week of games left, I think they've got uh, enough of a break. They uh, just come off a, a three-game series at the Rogers Centre at home versus yep. the Yankees. Versus took, the Yankees, yeah. They took two out of the three games, which is really important, and I think that will be the gap that finally uh, ices the cake for them. And just on that, the future ain't what it used to be. We're going to go and have a chat with a former teammate of ours, Scott Nealis, uh, coming up in uh, after the break. After we've finished with the standings here, Scott's, of course, uh, based in in Canada, over in Toronto, and he's uh, he's going to give us a from on-the-ground report. He's a Toronto supporter and goes to all the games, was at that Toronto and Yankee series. So we're going to go to Scott shortly to uh, get a little update on things there in Toronto. And we must mention too that Scott Nealis was uh, arguably one of the best imports that uh, Australian baseball's ever had. He was yep. a superstar player. Yep. Uh, played back up behind you at uh, the Monarchs too, I believe. I think we might need to cut that out because if Scott <laughs> hears that, he'll uh, he'll hate us all. He he was he was very good. Melbourne Baseball Club um, was at Melbourne for Melbourne, a little while. Yep. Melbourne Monarchs won a championship with the Melbourne Monarchs back in 92-93, uh, back in the Back in the good old days, and and one of the best yoga party uh, guys I've ever seen. <laughs> and certainly very popular with Scotty. I'm really looking forward to that interview coming up later on. Sure. Uh, so we've got the behind Toronto, we've got the Yankees breathing down their neck, but I think that three-game gap might be a little too much with a week to go. But yeah. uh, they've certainly got a wild card spot. So after the dismal year that they had last year and all the all the uh, pomp and ceremony around Derek Jeter's retirement and yeah, yeah. Um, A-Rod being suspended for a season and all those kind of uh, off-field things sort of distracting from the thing. The and, Yankees are back in playoffs. And so. just on A-Rod there, scored his 2,000th run, eighth all-time MLB history for the New York Yankees this week. He's Alex, really been racking up the stats. Every it? time he goes to bat now, he is, uh, he's in record territory. breaking a record at something. So like, love him or hate him, Alex Rodriguez is certainly one of the greats. And I love him for the record. Yeah. So you'll probably hate him. Uh, well, I do. I, I think he's, you know, he's, he's a strange character. Don't you think he's a, just his well, life? Well, what an extraordinary life he's led. But uh, I, I, look, I think he's great. 
I think he's shown contrition. Um, he, he's done the time. Uh, he's come out. He's been charming. He's been doing the job. And uh, I, I think we, we should get off his back and uh, just enjoy the spectacle that he's creating right now. And no be no doubt. And, no uh, doubt one of, the, one of the great players uh, of all time. I'll say great hitters of all time because they did have a little experiment uh, last week or the week before, moving him across to first base with Mark Texiera going down. They moved A-Rod over there, and the big baby wouldn't play first base. Not good, couldn't do it. More than happy to stand at third and get balls whacked past him, but moving him across to first base, big baby. It's just a different look. And uh, I think he's earned the right uh, to uh, have an opinion on where he plays over the age of 40. Anyway, we're moving on. Uh, Baltimore uh, behind the Yankees, and they're still not out of it. They're only three and a half games out of a wild card berth, but yep. probably not realistic to think that, although they probably think they are. Um, they've got to believe. Uh, Tampa Bay behind them, and Boston at seven and a half games out of the wild card. They've been eliminated out of the pennant, but. Uh, pennant race, but there's certainly a, a chance for a wild card. Not realistic, though. Uh, and that is the wrap-up for the American League. We're not going past Boston just yet. They haven't had too many highlights this year. The one highlight that we have talked about over the coming weeks, David Ortiz is in rare air also because he is is doing nothing but con, um, setting records consistently. This week, uh, knocked in his 100th RBI for the season. It's the ninth time he's knocked in a hundred or more runs for Boston. That's tying a record with the great Ted Williams. Nine times of a hundred RBIs or more in a season. David Ortiz, the one shining light for Boston this year. I don't know if it's been the one shining light, but uh, certainly they've had some of their younger players have been uh, phenomenal. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. and Xander Bogarts have had excellent years and they've really heated up in this last yep. you know, with nothing really much to play for. Uh, you know, they've been... Um, pretty shining lights as well, I would sure, have thought. Sure. Um, and uh, so, down year for Boston, but I'm sure they're one of those kind of teams that can bounce back with the season. Back. They've yep. got a, a new GM came in this week. Hayes was the former assistant general manager, has now been promoted to general manager uh, just this week. So, maybe a, a corner to be turned there for Boston. We'll see a new Boston uh, set up next year. Absolutely. And so moving to the National League, we'll go to the Central first. And as you said before, Fritta, that St. Louis have nailed down a playoff berth and they were the first to do so. They haven't clinched yet because Pittsburgh have been breathing down their neck. They're only three and a half games behind. Uh, But Pittsburgh also, by virtue of winning over 90 games each, have both... uh, uh, locked in at least, at worst, uh, a wild card spot. Yep. Uh, followed by the Chicago Cubs. Now, they're for me, they've been a, the Cinderella team. They've been the story for me this year. Unbelievable. Um, you know, they've had a troubled history. Um, now, they've brought on a, a new coach in Joe Madden, who he's one of my favorites. I continually yep. talk about him week in, week out. But uh, he's got a good, young, talented team. Um, young rookie Chris Bryant. Uh, along, you know, they've just got a stack of young talent. Um, and some good medium-age talent and some good veterans amongst there. John Lester added to the pitching rotation. Chris um, Bryant, you just mentioned there, hit a Cubs rookie record uh, with his 26th home run this week. A, a new rookie uh, record for the Chicago Cubs. Phenomenal effort. And Jake Arrieta was the first to 20 wins in MLB. Cy Young this, contention. In absolutely. He's, he's right amongst stuck them. under the radar too. Has, yes, uh, yes. Uh, Jake Arietta, but he's just been wonderful. And, uh, you know, I put on a post on Facebook this week that I bet you now all the, the fans that were bleeding that 
Chris Bryant didn't make the roster out of spring training after leading the league, both leagues, in home runs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're all crying, saying, oh, would have we missed the playoffs by one game? Well, they've come out and they've nearly won 90 games. Yeah. Uh, and Chris Bryant's been a big part of that. And um, so Epstein sent him down for two weeks. And, and now... They actually have control of Chris Bryant for an extra two years. Right. And so that it's going to be financially a lot better for the club. So they're yep. going to be able to keep him on board for longer. Yep. And with that extra financing that they've saved, that they don't have to spend on keeping Chris Bryant at the club, mm-hmm. they can now fill out the roster around him yep. and and make sure that they've got very good players around him to support a, a playoff run in, so, into the future for longer. So that you said he was uh, put down for a couple of weeks. So that sounds like more of a business move Correct. rather than a form. So Bryant was still playing okay. He wasn't hurt. He wasn't down on form. It, anyone, was, more, it was more of a club move to anyone, try and lock him down for a couple of years. Absolutely. It's a, a strategic move. A long-term strategic move, and it has paid off in bundles, in in my opinion. And yeah. you know those those fans that were sort of you know a bit disappointed in that decision and were up in arms about it. I think now they've seen the wisdom in it. Uh, that two weeks didn't really make a difference. Yep. Um, certainly, there's a rule that if he had have started in the season, then he would have been up for um, he would have been out of contract earlier. Yep. Uh, but now that he was, he didn't start with the team. And it only cost them 10 games or two weeks, whatever it was. Yep. Um, now that he's done that, uh, now that they control him for an extra two years uh, for his contract. So it was a strategic move, yes. Yep. But coming out of spring training, he was by far the best, well, one of the best performed players in spring training, let alone the Cubs. Yeah. So, so. so in a Cubs move then, that... that uh as we all know, baseball's 90% mental and the other half is physical. So well, the Cubs right. really, you know, setting themselves up for the next couple of years, terrific effort by them. And just on that, Chris Bryant is the, he was the 23rd, sorry, Greg Bird was the 23rd, but 23 rookies just this season in MLB baseball have hit 10-plus home runs. That's a phenomenal number when you think about it. 23 players, are rookies, have all hit 10 or more. What was the previous record? The previous record... I'm going to say 22. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know on that. But they've because I always thought that record would stand until it was broken. Well, you're probably right on that. I mean, but Bryant has done that this week. Um, sorry, Greg Bird from the, from the Yankees. It was who's replaced uh, the big baby. Didn't want to play first base, and Texier has sat out a little bit. So stop Gre- baiting me. <laughs> Greg Bird has come in to first base and hit 10 plus home runs. So now 23 rookies have hit 10 or more home runs. Phenomenal number. I, and and I think it says a lot about the quality of uh, of player that's coming through now. And the major league average uh, is just getting so much better. Uh, it's just uh, a phenomenal record. So okay, so we've got uh, the Chicago Cubs, Milwaukee, and Cincinnati eliminated. So uh, they're out of the picture. Yeah. Um, moving to the East, we've got the Mets, and I think that's Giddy just up. a wonderful, what a wonderful result. The Mets are going to clinch uh, that division uh, from the Nationals. I I thought at the start of the year the Nationals looked the best on paper, and uh, but the Mets have sort of really taken off, and they're just playing wonderful, exciting baseball. Mets they've got a great road pitching rotation. Yeah, you know I think they've sorted out the drama with Harvey. Mm, um, they, I, I still see that they're really concerned about it. They pulled him after five innings. I think in his last start, they, they are being very cautious with him because they, they still see him as part of the long-term future of the club. So I think they're really treading carefully at this stage. And so they should. 
well, they should. So they they should. should. But, the, you know, there's so, all sorts of different um, comments coming from all the parties. The surgeon, Harvey himself, Scott Boris, the agent, uh, you know, the club itself. So they're, they're dealing with a their ace, so they do have to tread carefully. And, look, the controversy that was uh, two or three weeks ago is now sort of settled down and, and they're back on track. Well, let's hope they're back on track. Yeah, because, hope so. Uh, hope you so. Know, with a week to go, it'd be just a crying shame if they tip over. But certainly, there's going to be in line for a, uh, a wild card spot anyway. Absolutely. On the Nationals, of course, they had uh, players of the week this week. Bryce Harper. Oh, actually, no, they won't get. But if they don't win the, uh, if they don't win their division, they will miss out on a wild card spot. Wild card. They've got to win yeah. the division. So they yeah. do have to. I do apologise. The that, Nationals the, there win uh, players of the week. Bryce Harper. One uh, player of the week uh, with a 5.19 average for the week. Phenomenal numbers coming out of Bryce Harper there. Scored 12 runs, five home runs, and, and knocked in 10 as well. Incredible numbers. And Steven Strasburg got pitcher of the week for National League. With uh, He went 2-0 and for the week and uh, with 15 innings and 24 strikeouts. So That's a terrific, terrific, effort. terrific yep. numbers there. So the, the Washington Nationals on a on a bit of a roll there, but uh, I think it might be all too little too late. Yep. Uh, okay, so moving to the West, uh, the Dodgers look almost certain clinches there. Uh, I, I think they have uh, got enough games into San Francisco. I think they're going to take that one out. Yep. be interesting to see how they go in the playoffs, uh, see how uh, Clayton Kershaw performs in the finals there. Zach Greinke's going to yes. do what he does. You, but, you uh, hope he explodes, don't you? Kershaw has been <laughs> phenomenal. Phen- because you always raise it there. He's been phenomenal in the regular season. But he And this is fair income. This is fair. He's been phenomenal regular season, but then his playoffs has been somewhat dubious and questionable but they're going into if they clinch a spot they haven't clinched it just yet but the way they've been pitching him and Greinke have been the best one-two punch all year well did you see the last game he, uh, uh, no, Clayton no. Kershaw and it was quite visible uh, don't know if Clubby saw this one either but um, in the dugout uh, in the last game oh, who'd they play Nationals who'd they play last uh no, no, no. It was Arizona. Yeah. And they won the game, but he got lifted in the fifth. He'd only thrown 80 pitches. Yeah. It was a bases-loaded situation, and his position in the lineup, in the batting lineup, came up, and Mattingly lifted him for a pinch hitter. They did have words. Mattingly They did have words. They did. And it was quite visible, and he was quite upset. Yep. And uh, he wasn't in line for the win at the time. He was he was the pitcher of record, and they were down by a run. Yeah, uh, they're down by three runs. Yep, and uh, it wasn't pitching badly, but it was a situation loaded bases. His position in the lineup came up. Mattingly lifted him for a pinch hitter. Yeah, and Kershaw went off his nut. Yep, and I thought it was quite unprofessional. At the time. When, when was the last time he was down by three runs? When was the last time he gave up three runs? Well, the, you it, know, he, he may have just had happens. an off day. It, it does ha- happen. It, yeah. it happens, yeah. but. The point is that I feel that he wanted to be given the chance to be uh, to, to at least get back into the game or be the pitcher of record yes. when, when, in this loaded bases situation, yep. um, which he still was. Yep. Now, it turned out that uh, the they scored six in the inning. Yep. It was a big inning um, for the uh, for the Dodgers. They ended up winning. Clayton Kershaw got the win. Mm-hmm. But I just thought there was a and, and this 
if this is true, and I'm only making it up from an observer, so I don't know. I don't <laughs> if, know. If this is true, if I'm only it, making it up. If it's, it's a little true, oxymoron there. <laughs> anyway. Is that one of, uh, one of our guys? No, it's, it's okay. <laughs> but uh, if... And I'm only an observer from the inside looking in, yep. from the outside looking in, yep. that... And if it's not, I hope it's not true, yeah, yeah. but it would be indicative of why he's not the ultimate champion that his potential sort of says that he should be. Yeah. But if, he said, if he's selfish and wanting that win to get to 20 wins or what, whatever it is, whatever or, it the, is yeah. or, to, or to make sure that he gets the win, he's the pitcher of record yeah. for the sake of the win, yeah. um, then I'm, I'm saying that he's not the player that I, I thought he was because it turned out Mattingly made the absolute right decision. They won the game. Yeah. Kershaw got the win anyway, and now he looks like a spoiled brat. Yeah, yeah, and right. He, he cracked it, and he carried on. Yeah. Now, a lot of good things come out of that uh, in terms of he's only gone 80 pitches, so his next start's going to be, he's going to be fresh it's Fresh, and, and see, you'll find Mattingly so, might be lining it all up for the pl- I know they've got to get there first. I know that. But they but, are there. They're, they're virtually already there. And well, I, see, I not to your clinch, not to your clinch, but mate, that's where Ma- Mattingly has to look at the overall picture. Kershaw, in a way, will be worrying about himself, but he needs. Whereas Mattingly needs to look at the whole ball club. So well, I, I'll tell you, that's the difference kudos between, to Mattingly. That's the that. difference between Toronto right now and the Dodgers right now. If that's if yeah. that's the case, if that's, if that's the, the case, case because you're right. it's the selflessness and it's the team, it's what's best for the team, and that's the kind of attitude that wins your championships. Not. Me, me, my, my stats, my, what I want, what I want. We're, okay. we're going to go to a break right now, but remember, Charles, the all pitchers are liars or crybabies, mate. That's, well, we an, abso- that's an absolute <laughs> fact. No, that is a fact. We're going to the break right now, and after that, we're going to uh, Toronto in Canada. We're going to have a chat with Scott Nealis, a former teammate of ours, who's going to give us a, a on-the-ground gr- on touch of uh, Toronto baseball right now. But stick with us. You're on SEN's MLB podcast. Celex Recoding Service specialise in electrostatic painting where our fully trained staff and state-of-the-art equipment enables projects of any size to be coated either on-site or in our well-equipped Bayside facility. Celex Recoating Service offers a professional powder coating service and has a wide range of colours available and items can be colour matched to ensure integration with your existing decor. Celex Recoating Service offers a professional powder coating surface and has a wide range of colours available and items can be colour matched to ensure integration with your existing decor. Celex Recoating Service also offers anti-graffiti coating, sandblasting and metal fabrication of refrigerator components and parts. For more information, go to info at selexrecoatingservice.com.au or call 9788-4000. And Scott Nealis, welcome to uh, SEN's MLB podcast, mate. We've come to you because you're the man on the ground in Toronto. They've really been doing well so far this season, haven't clinched a playoff spot just yet. But you were recently at the uh, Yankees-Toronto series up there. How did you see the series and how do you feel Toronto sitting right now leading in towards the playoffs? Sorry, but you, you cut out on me just when you were starting to ask the question. I do apologize. Uh, yeah, attitude and uh, atmosphere uh, electric in Toronto, and it's one of those things that uh, we sort of touched briefly on uh, on air uh, previously that uh, it, it's something this, this country's been waiting for for that long. Uh, it, it's almost like Christmas Day every day, every time there's a Blue Jays game. Does it go back to, I think it was Joe Carter would have been the last... World Series uh, for the Blue Jays. So that was the last one. New team altogether now. Um, they're looking good. 
going into this. Just update us with the Troy Tulowitzki injury. He got hurt a couple of weeks ago. Where's he at right now? Well, Tulo started throwing about uh, three days ago, uh, ever so gingerly. He's working off the tee right now. Uh, and you, as you well know, guys, uh, this is a rotation sport, and if you've got something in your midsection, upper back, uh, it's going to hurt until you're 100%. So I think a couple of things. One, he wants to get back in the game, and two, uh, at any level, you've got to play with a bit of pain if you want to have uh, team success. That's Well, that's exactly right. Um, look, Scotty, the... The Blue Jays have really captured my imagination. I've uh, I've fallen in love with the with the team. I just love their offense. They've had a they've had their offense uh, pumping all year, and you know we see uh, what a great pickup um, Donaldson was, and he'll probably be the the American League MVP. He's just been absolutely phenomenal in all aspects of the game, both sides of the ball. You got Encarnacion has had a fantastic season. Uh, Bautista, um, even to the younger players like Pilar. Um, it's just their offense has been pumping. But then all of a sudden, just before the, the trade deadline, we pick up, uh, how's it, we, <laughs> I'm right all over them, but they've picked up David and, Price. And the way everybody in Canada is talking. <laughs> yeah. We're all, we, the Blue made, like you said, extended beyond Canada, extending worldwide. Right, and so now they've picked up David Price and Troy Tulowitzki, and they've just sort of, they're, 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 uh, they've really ascended from then. And even though their offense was going great before then, um, just things have really gelled and really clicked. Um, what's, can you talk about the impact that those two players have had, um, you know, just to be supporting um, Bautista and Donaldson um, in the lineup? Well, you've got to remember, you had Bautista, when you got Donaldson at the beginning of the season, you also added Russell Martin, who was a Canadian oh, that's right. kid. Of course. Very well-loved. Uh, been in the playoffs on three different teams in the last four years. Uh, you, you've added a couple pieces already. Getting Donaldson for an often hurt Lowry was a big trade and a big coup. Well, then you come to the trade deadline, and all the talk was pitching. We need pitching. We need pitching. Well, when you added Tillowitzki, that came out of nowhere. And yeah, that was a yeah, big yeah. name MVP-style player. And then people got that, and it was, it was almost like a, a, everyone went, yeah, this is it. We've got another big piece. But then you sort of said, I guess we're not going after Price. Well, then you add Price. You've added Lowe in the bullpen. You've got Ben Revere out in left field. Uh, you've added a lot of key parts, not just fillers. Like, a lot of these guys That's are right. this definitely contributing. Oh, it was all of a sudden, every four hours, someone saying, <laughs> hey, we got another player, we got another player, and it just yeah. kept getting better and better. And, and it was almost like when the deadline stopped, it was like, okay, no more. We have no more room for <laughs> The thing is, too, though, Scotty, I mean, you can make those trades and you can get those players in, but every single one of them seems to be playing and, and doing more than – I mean, you said contributing, but they're doing more than contributing, aren't they? I mean, they're, they're having stellar seasons, all of them. They're, they're all doing at least what's expected of them. And if, if you know what it's like, if you've got good quality players and you just do what you're supposed to do – you're going to have some pretty good success. But like you say, every one of them is, is doing well. But every game, one of them is picking the spotlight to say, okay, you know what, this is my game. I'm going to get the clutch hit. The other night against the Yankees, it was Russell Martin with a home run. Uh, in New York, uh, it was Donaldson. It was Bautista. It, like, they're all taking turns being the hero. But in the, in the same time, they're contributing in, in their regular ways that's sort of expected of them. What's been great 
uh, from observing it. It just seems like if uh, if Donaldson does it this night, um, Encarnacion's picking it up, picking up the team the next day, and then Bautista and Martin will have a couple of home runs in in key situations, and Pilar will you know make a diving catch. Um, it just seems to be rocking and rolling. They seem to be experiencing that synergy. And uh, look, uh, I really think it's that kind of synergy that wins you uh, a World Series. Well, there's no doubt, and everything overflows into every aspect of the game. You're getting good pitching, you're getting good defense, you're getting timely hitting. The Jays have always been known for putting up home runs with Bautista and, and Encarnacion. They've always had some good numbers, but a lot of it wasn't timely. You know, you lose an 8-3 ball game and you hit three home runs. <laughs> it, it's not that exciting. It's pretty hollow. But now these guys are these guys are coming up with some clutch hits at clutch time, and then they're also adding... Their regular hits, as I mentioned, as expected them. So yeah, it's it's certainly all facets of the game are firing up right now, and it's just fun to watch. Yeah, exciting. One of uh, since that trade with David Price, I'll just give you some numbers here. Since the trade, he's gone eight and one with a one point nine five. ERA. So David Price has really been phenomenal with the team. But another reason we came to you, Scott, of course, the Australian connection is Liam Hendricks. He struggled a little bit in his pitching before he came to the Blue Jays. But this year in particular, he's gone 5-0. and He's really been phenomenal. And I did read an article during the week that he's been about the standout right-handed middle relief pitcher for the team. Have you seen Liam Hendricks this year fitting into the Blue Jays? He uh, is a perfect example of a guy that is flying under the radar and quietly yes. coming in. He, he doesn't get a lot of sexy setup time or closer spots, but he gets crucial spots where you've got to hold a three-run lead or uh, you've got to keep a team within two or three runs of you. And his ability to do that, he came in the other night against the Yankees and struck out A-Rod in a situation that just had the joint absolutely jumping. So I think... It's funny because Hendricks is not a big name, but he's putting up big name performances, and it's going to be hard to keep him under the uh, under wraps for a while. Because as I said, you've got your setup man, you've got your closers, and you've got your lefty setup man. Well, for some reason, Liam Hendricks has just sort of slid in there nicely, quietly done his job, and I think you you see his enthusiasm and uh, his his actions on the field. I think he fits right into what's happening, and you'd have to think that. His abilities and his uh, performances and results in the field are a combination of both his hard work and the attitude around the clubhouse. That's right, Scotty. And and we had Russell Spear in here, who's a pitcher and knows Liam quite well. And he said that he's probably found his niche as a as a middle reliever because he brings that sort of AFL football mentality to to that role. He's found a couple of miles an hour on the fastball because he's not, you know not having to start, uh, and it's probably a role ideally suited to him. Um, you mentioned the atmosphere uh, at, at the Rogers Centre now, um, Scotty, and, and I, I saw an interview with David Price, and he just seems so humble and so grateful uh, to be at the Blue Jays. And he just spoke about the atmosphere in glowing terms, saying, quote-unquote, that uh, this is the atmosphere that you want to play in. Why would I want to move anywhere else but here? I want to be here long-term. Um, this is playoff-style uh, atmosphere. Uh, and, and he seems to me to be just a real great clubhouse guy, one of those guys that brings the team together. And on his non-start days, on his non-pitching days, he, he's always in the... You always see him in the, in the dugout and uh, always... Uh, um, he seems like he's bringing the team together. What do you got to say on that? 
Well, he, he came in here. I don't know if you're aware, but we're we're right in the midst of a, a federal election here, which, quite honestly, I think if David, if David Price <laughs> ran right now, it'd be a good landslide. Yeah. That I'll vote for him. Oh. <laughs> Well, he came. He came in, and you got to remember, this is a, a big money sport where egos are second to none. Yep. And he came in, and he, he's been around for quite some time. But he comes in with a little kid attitude, all at the same yeah. time wanting to help his teammates. Great so comment. it's that veteran presence, little kid attitude yeah. that keeps everybody jumping, and that sort of ability. And he, he got in touch with the fans. He he made himself uh, connected. He, yeah. he made sure that. Uh, if, if the fans wanted to see him, he, he arrived at Rogers Center ride, riding a scooter. <laughs> and the next thing you know, Bautista's riding through Toronto on a scooter. And now his teammates are sort of following with some of this right, uh, these yeah. shenanigans. Yeah. And he's really added a, a level of uh, uh, enjoyment to that clubhouse. And you see it when they're on the bench, no matter when things are, if they're down a couple of runs, they're not panicking and they're not getting uptight. Uh, but they sure seem to be enjoying themselves. And I think he is that big key that's allowed this team to truly enjoy their successes. Scotty, the, uh, I did notice you, you at times somewhat active uh, regards Twitter and things like that. I did notice a post you put up the other day regarding the wave up there <laughs> in Toronto. Is, is there a little clash of personalities going on there in the crowd? Some people want the wave, some don't. What's actually going on there up in uh, Toronto? Well, you got to remember, up until this year's uh, stretch run, we've had 21 years without a playoff appearance. So the last time the Blue Jays, when Joe Carter hit that home run, was the last time the Blue Jays and Toronto had seen the playoffs. Their ice hockey team has been even more futile. So it's one of those things that the diehard fans are 25,000 strong on a regular night. Well, now we're 45,000 strong, and I think you're getting people back to the park that maybe haven't been to too many games since the 80s and as soon as things get going good, they want to start the wave. Well, people that are caught up in a ball game and watching this game don't want to be jumping up and down every time it comes around again. I mean, we've all been involved in the wave, and we all had a great time, but that was probably back in the 80s. So I think they're starting a bit of a, a wave versus non-wave, and it'll be interesting to see. I haven't had a chance to check in on tonight's game, but it'll be interesting to see the response uh, as the fans get more wrapped up in, in these games, as they become ahead more important every night uh if they're going to actually dispense with that or is it going to be a half-hearted wave you know what we'll just wait and see <laughs> are you all waved out scotty i'm done i like it <laughs> i was waved out back uh, probably back when i was playing ball with you <laughs> ah the days uh and i and yeah. i guess that says a lot about um the the mature or well the the evolution of the crowd or you know the collective consciousness of the of the toronto baseball um intelligentsia you know sort of we're coming up with new words here <laughs> just maturing just just being a more mature crowd yeah we're getting old and we just can't be bothered standing up for the way we want to stand up and we're ready to cheer and uh, i mean you go to any ballpark that really truly knows it's baseball i use st louis or the yankees as an example every time there's two strikes and two outs everybody's on their feet they know when to get up they know when to get down and they're not just going to start standing up and down just because it's the thing to do and it looks kind of cool on TV. Right. Um, just bringing it back to the uh, the playing list, um, there's 
I uh, I actually thought at the time uh, there's not too many um, trades that sort of work out, but uh, I thought um, the Oakland A's getting Brett Laurie um, for Donaldson was a was one of those ones that really worked out for Toronto, and uh, I really didn't uh, from observation. I I really didn't like Brett Laurie um, as a player, and I thought, but he he really won my respect. He plays hard every day. Um, he, he hasn't put up overly spectacular numbers, but he's been really solid at Oakland, and he's been a good player for them. How was he? Yeah. How was he at at at, um, at Toronto? How was he received at Toronto? You know what? It was a different individual because he is a Canadian kid. That's right. And right there, that means okay, he's he's a hard nose. He plays one hundred and ten percent, but often injured as a result of his hard play. Uh, he had a pretty healthy ego, for lack of a better term, and I think that hurt him early in his career. Um, but I think he, he matured as things went along. But in Toronto, uh, you could count on him being hurt for 40, 50 games of the season, and you just can't have key players out like that. He put up decent numbers, nothing stellar, but a very good ball player. He made himself a strong defensive player through hard work. Uh, so when he got traded to Oakland, there were some that were disappointed because you're trading one of the few Canadians that you have on the team away. However, uh, the baseball people knew that when you got a guy like Josh Donaldson, the ceiling was so much higher on what he had to offer, uh, both from a, a playing standpoint and from a contractual standpoint. He's locked in for a few years. Uh, it was a pretty good deal both ways, regardless. If both of these guys had great seasons, you were going to be happy with what Josh Donaldson brought to the Blue Jays. Interesting you say that, Scotty, that he had that ego thing. And I think... That's what kind of rubbed me up the wrong way when he first landed at Oakland, that he had this swagger about him and no real uh, no real performance to back it up. And then I noticed there was a series versus the Kansas City Royals where he slid in hard and, and took out and hurt quite badly uh, one uh, the middle infield of uh, Kansas City, I can't remember. And then the, the Latin American pitches for uh, Kansas City continually threw at him for that series. They, they threw at him about three times, hit him twice. But I think that was the making of him as a player because he really handled that well. Um, he, he It was like it, it pulled his head in a little bit. And from there, it seemed like his performances became even more hard-nosed. But he, he was backing it up with performance. And, and just that, that buff-headed ego um, seemed to disappear a little bit. So uh, I think uh, Kansas City probably did him a bit of a favour throwing at him. <laughs> well, it, you know what? Sometimes it takes... I mean, JC, you went through it with uh, being a young... A lot of the time, you're, you're coming up and, and you just never know... Uh, you just expect things to happen. And sometimes ego and attitude gets the best of you. And sometimes, you got to remember, a lot of these guys, when they're getting thrown in these situations, are low 20s, mid 20s. Yeah. Uh, you, look, you look back when we were that age, and, man, I don't know that we could have made uh, too many great decisions at that age either. So you sort of got to cut some of these young kids black, be given all this money and all this responsibility. And, and sometimes, you know what, you, you make wrong decisions early in your career. But as you said, JC, I think he's made uh, uh, some subtle adjustments that will only work out for the better for him and his club. I, I, look, I, I think what he, his maturity, uh, I think this has been, uh, even though statistically it hasn't been a breakout season for him in Oakland, but I think as a as a professional day in, day out, above average major league player, I think he's he's been fantastic. And they've they've shifted him over to second base and you haven't heard boo out of him too. And that can be a bit of an ego sort of, you know, smash to your ego a little bit getting moved over. But he's played really well at second base and uh, I, I've become a bit of a fan of his. 
Well, and I think what you see is what you get with him. I don't think he'll ever put up crazy numbers, but he's a solid piece to a winning formula. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Scotty, look, uh, thanks very much for your time here today, mate. Really appreciate you coming on uh, SEN's MLB podcast. Thanks to Home Run Sports up there in Toronto, mate. A terrific job. We'll try and stick with you as far as Toronto may go in the playoffs. You've got to clinch your spot yet. But um, thanks very much for coming on the show, and hopefully they make the playoffs and we'll get to speak to you again over the next week or two, mate. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, and I look forward to talking to you guys again. You guys take care. Celix Recoding Service specialise in electrostatic painting, where our fully trained staff and state-of-the-art equipment enable projects of any size to be coated either on-site or in our well-equipped Bayside facility. Celix Recoding Service offers a professional powder coating service and has a wide range of colours available and items can be colour matched to ensure integration with your existing decor. Celix Recoating Service also offers anti-graffiti coating, sandblasting and metal fabrication of refrigerator components and parts. For more information, go to info at selixrecoatingservice.com.au or call 9788-4000. And welcome back to SEN's MLB podcast. Now, JC, uh, nice chat there with Scott Niels, former teammate of both yours and mine from uh, back in the good old days, the Melbourne Monarchs days back in the early to mid-90s. He's a terrific player, great guy, and, and really, really uh, good to have around a ball club. And he, he's going to help us out over the next couple of weeks, depending on how far Toronto go. Yeah, and uh, just knows a lot about the game and very uh, excited about the Toronto Blue Jays being in the playoffs. Of course, runs business over there in Canada, up near Niagara Falls or somewhere like that, homerunsports.com. <laughs> Somewhere in Canada. Somewhere like that. Yeah, Canada's a, I was going to say small place, but it's oh, not really small. It's, it's massive. massive. Yeah, I've never been there myself, but homerunsports.com. Have you? Yeah, we, went to, uh, we actually went to Niagara Falls. Uh, Playing in uh, Wellen and St Catharines when I was playing minor league baseball. So yeah, right. Go. Okay, okay. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. but uh, Scott Nealis, as I say, homerunsports.com or baseball, softball, uh, uniforms. They do a whole range of different things. But homerunsports.com to uh, catch up with any, all of your baseball needs over there. Um, we're now moving on to strains have had some success over in the minor leagues. Last couple of weeks, we've been following the fortunes of uh, one of our local boys down here, Sam Gibbons, from down Geelong Way. He was playing for the Cedar Rapids Colonels, was up against um, West Michigan Whitecaps, which was managed by Andy Graham and another Australian. These guys out of New South Wales from the Sydney Blue Sox Andy Graham and Zach Shepard was a young signing for the Detroit Tigers uh, over there. And it was a terrific series. I, I followed this one closely following the fortunes of, of Sam Gibbons. But the West Michigan Whitecaps came away with the victory in that series, really went down to the wire. And a big congratulations to Andy Graham uh, managing that team, um, the uh, West Michigan Whitecaps. Yeah, I think Cedar Rapids uh, just made too many wrong mistakes. Really? they. I mean, when it comes down to crunch time in the playoffs, that's so important. It's so important to try and get things right. And, if it, you know, the slightest little mistake can really end up costing you. But, you know, Andy Graham uh, has been... Great result for Aussies. Oh, fantastic. I mean, we, we've got... We've also got over in uh, Asia. David Candlis is is part of was part of a championship 
winning team they there. Won. They now move on to the next part of the playoff right. series. Thanks to Yaku Night Hours, helped me out with a, a bunch of different things to uh, to keep in touch with uh, over in Asia. Of course, in um, Korea also, Chris Oxpring is another Australian who has been doing a, a bunch of work over there in uh, Korea with the KT Wiz is the name of the team. Sadly, they've had a very disappointing year. Oh, well. That, that Bottom happens. of the table. But a brand new franchise only got started this year. They brought on Chris Oxpring as their ace. He's thrown... He's done a power of work. He's thrown around 180 innings. His, wow. rec- his record is 11 and 10 with a four and a half ERA. But he's really been the workhorse. That's oh, that's uh, that's a lot of work. He's 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 thrown more innings than anybody else in the team. They do have a list of about fifty guys, I must add. But uh, Chris Oxpring was brought in as the ace of that particular organisation, the KT Wiz, and. Uh, and yeah, interesting to see how many how many games that he was in a position to win, but they just didn't have enough offense, or or the pen let him down, or or, or just. It's it. I mean, you can look at the numbers uh, and you see the stats at the end of the year, and and they really don't tell the full story, do they? No, they don't. You, you know, you can. There, there can be guys who who hit two twenty, but really have an impact during a season in various other areas. Steal a base, pick a crucial walk, play great defence. And, and, and Hitting with, you know, getting crucial knocks where, with runners in scoring position as well. Yeah, things like that. I mean, there, there's so many um, elements to baseball that you can't tell on the stats sheet. That's right. You know, you, stats will tell you one thing, but the actual impact, I mean, we were talking prior to the start of the show today, JC, just about hard-hit balls. You, you'll go up to bat and really crush a ball, whether it be straight at an infielder, at an outfielder, whatever, turns into a catch or the player makes a great play to get you. Next time up, you'll get busted on the hands and it'll bloop one over the first base and get in for a base hit. So, you know, it, 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 the stats don't always tell you the full story. And hopefully uh, we get Chris Oxbury on the on the show and actually talk about his season because that would be a really, uh, really uh, good interview, I would have thought. Yeah, and if you're interested in following uh, any sort of Asian baseball, I'll say, Korea, Japanese, um, the... Go to Best Coast Baseball. This is Yaku Night Owl's current mm-hmm. current uh, workshop is bestcoastbaseball.com. And uh, you can get all uh, update on stories and stats and, and the like over there. Yaku Night Owl has been terrific help uh, over the last, uh, last night in particular, helping me access a few things. But bestcoastbaseball.com, uh, anything sort of Asian. A lot of the time, you'll find Asian websites are actually written, Japan, Korean, whatever it may be. But there are a couple of English-written websites, and that's one of them right there, bestcoastbaseball.com. I've got to say, Frida, your knowledge on Asian baseball, it's, uh, I'm really uh, learning, learning your experience. I love sushi. <laughs> My wife makes great sushi. I, I, I'm swear. A sushi I, chef. I had it last. Really? She's Korean. What time? What time? What time? A uh, kimchi. Yeah, she I, makes mate, that too. I'm telling you. She makes that too. Anytime you invite me around, we're, <laughs> we're in trouble, mate. We're in trouble. Very good. Moving um, on. Moving on now to uh, sad passing during the week of Yogi Berra. Those who may not have been listening too carefully to the show listen a little (laughs) better because uh, we've been tossing in from time to time the odd Yogiism 
we're calling him this morning. This is Lawrence Yogi Berra, former New York Yankee legend, passed away during the week, has had, um, I'm not sure if he's you know, had an illness or been sick for a while, but he's ninety years old. Yeah, maybe age he just, just died. Can, yeah, I think <laughs> I think time catches up with you eventually. Um, but just to run through a couple of things, you, this is Yogi Berra's record in in baseball. Now, now, just before you get on with that, Frida, like these statistics that you're about to read out are just phenomenal. Phenomenal, and and let's think back to the era also of of this Yankee team. And he actually he he served in the army as well. So he missed he missed a couple of years. Right. Uh, he he turned professional. Then he served his country for a couple of years yep, and came yep, back. Yep. So uh, a lot of this is after post war. And this and this is also in a time when the Yankees became the Yankees. They had DiMaggio <laughs> running around. No, Sounded I mean like a yogiism. Um, no, no, the, the, the dominant the dominant force that we know them. You know, ten. Yes. World Series titles, 10. Yes. That's a career for anybody sure. right there, 10 World Series titles. He hit two, 285 with his lifetime average as a catcher. Amazing. 358 home runs. Which is only about four shy of uh, Jolton Joe. Joe DiMaggio, just shy. Um, 1,430 RBIs, as I said, 10 World Series titles. Three-time American League MVP. In you, how many RBIs again? 1,430 yeah, wow. for a catcher. Wow. Uh, three-time American League MVP, 1951, 54, and 55. 18-time All-Star. I'm not sure the record. I'm, I know Hank Aaron holds the record at about 21 or 22 All-Star appearances, but there's no doubt 18 All-Star appearances would be up there. Uh, he, Don Larson's perfect game, I think it was in the World Series. That's right. He caught. He was the catcher of record in that perfect, uh, perfect game from Don Larson. And three times as a manager, uh, the New York Yankees won the American League pennant. So he's, did he win a did he win a World Series as a manager? No, he he didn't win a World Series, but he won three American League. Oh, pennants. that's terrible! Yeah, he's, he's let himself pretty, down there. Yeah, isn't really, he? <laughs> and and you know, I mean, he's still saying it he ain't over the, till he it's over. He managed the Mets too. He managed the Mets on their amazing season. Yeah, right, right. They, ne- they never won. They never won the World Series, but um, they had a super season. They won uh, certainly a winning season, and they won the pennant. Yeah, right. He uh, his all time manage uh, record as a manager was 192 wins and 148 losses, and was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1972. So, R.I.P. Lawrence Yogi Berra. All right, let's uh, move along. It's a moment of silence was, for the man. It was my moment. I mean, we we can't really afford a minute of silence here. Uh, apparently, <laughs> the station don't like that long a break, so we ha- have it's to keep a pregnant rolling. Pause. That is a, 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 it's pregnant, a pregnant pause. That is a pregnant pause. And JC, we're just about running out of time here, mate. Um, there's a little in between time we've got right now. Of course, the the end of the winter. Um, season happened here in Victoria just yes. over the last week or two past, and down your way, I believe it was Guild one again, one again. That's four in a row for Guild, four in a row. They, all conquering. You know, Brad Egan uh, has pitched uh, the winning game in all of those. Wow, amazing! So, so I, I think we need to get. Record. I wonder if they could extend the seasons by a week. We could interview Brad Egan, but he doesn't really talk. 
Okay, well, there will be tough. Sign language him on radio would really go down well. But we need Humble to, champion. We Humble need to extend, extend the um, seasons by maybe a week because just off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure the Cheltenham Baseball Club, which won the DBA League again this year, they might be up to about four in a row as well. So wouldn't it be terrific to see... It extend a week and see Cheltenham up against Guild. No. Two teams that no. are... Winter goes long enough. No, no <laughs> absolutely no, no. Nobody's no. supporting no. me on this one. Nobody Crickets. wants to know about it. Because um, it impacts... Uh, and I'll tell you the reason why. Winter, okay. winter goes long enough uh, and, and then... Uh, you know, summer coaches are trying to get their teams together and when you've got... You if know, I had my players, way, I wouldn't have winter. It'd be gone. But anyway, Ooh. that's a, that's a topic for another time. But wow. the winners in various leagues, we just run through them again. Guild win down Geelong League. Cheltenham have won the Dandenong Baseball Association winter competition. And in the research. MWBL was the research. Beep, beep. Roadrunners. Road <laughs> they came away with a win. Uh, they've been, I think they were a drought of about, 17, 18 years, something like that. But uh, Tom Dicker was the coach of that team. Great effort by Tom. Development officer with Baseball Victoria. Terrific job uh, in getting that team up. They did lose last year, but this year have come away victors. So the three winners, Guild, Cheltenham and Research. Well done, guys. Excellent effort. And now we're leading, of course, a little break right now. We're leading into the summer season. Of course, Big JC, you're in charge of the Werribee Giants, Giants the Werribee Baseball Giants. Club. How are you looking coming into You'd be into training already, uh, Werribee, or pre-season training? For sure, yeah. We've been in uh, pre-season training now for a number of weeks. And yep. uh, look, I'm really excited. It's uh, We'll have arguably the best hitting lineup that uh, the Giants have ever had. Daryl George returning, Taylor Rowe returning. Has he, he tr- of course, travelled overseas to, to play over in Daryl George, Daryl yes. George, yeah. How did sure he go did. over there? Very successful. Had, uh, had an extraordinary year, and they're in the playoffs right now. Are they continuing with the pitching? There was a little pitching theme towards Daryl George over the last year or two. Of course, he was a regular uh, player and, and got released... And then started dabbling with the pitching side of things. Is he still dabbling with the pitching? I I believe he still is, but I think they've got uh, quite a staff. Uh, yep. At the team that he's playing in, so I don't. I don't. Is he believe backing he's up pitching. the female knuckleballer? <laughs> backing her up. Oh, on the, yes, no, on the she's, field. She's a pitcher, right? Of course, with Julio right. Franco. Right. Sorry, I didn't probably, know where you were going. Probably the oldest, the oldest uh, professional really, baseball. Didn't know where you were going with 57, that. Fifty-seven, fifty-eight. Julio Franco, of course, of the New York Mets, former big leaguer. He, he, is, he, he wasn't a switch. Was he a switch hitter? Was he amphibious? Um, I'm not sure. I can't quite remember if he was or not. But of course, he's the playing manager of that team at fifty-seven, fifty-eight. Uh, years of age, um, but you mentioned Daryl George will be coming back to play with Werribee. Absolutely, Taylor Rowe returning, and our uh, our uh, new uh, um, recruits into the club this year. Very exciting. Charles Thompson brought him in yep. uh, as a, a player, and uh, and he's coaching the seconds as well. Might get him to come on the show over the next couple of weeks if he's available. This is he'll add wonderfully uh, to this. Yep. Um, American. Yep, from Washington. Right, college baseball and okay. uh, comes well credentialed. Yep. Um, Josh Lee, superstar from Geelong and uh, played with Williamstown, helped pitch Williamstown into Division One. Yep. Um, and we have a Venezuelan import, middle infielder, power hitter, Venezuela- Jose Ruiz. Uh, Venezuelan, of course, they do. Arriba, two 
do produce some uh, phenomenal baseballers, do they? Jose Abreu, just thinking of that. Of course, he won the uh, Player of the Week this week. Victor Martinez, Venezuela? Yeah, there's, there's, a number, there's, a, there's a number of them all at the big league level. Um, but uh, look, mate, we're going to have to wrap it up. We're, we've come to the end. Uh, Clubby's given us the wind-up here. He said, enough's enough <laughs> with you guys. You're done for today. Um, but uh, Had thanks, fun this morning. Thanks, JC. Thanks, thanks for being here. Clubby, good on you, Welcome. mate, as always. Uh, thanks for, for tuning in, folks. And uh, this is SEN's MLB podcast. We're done for today. Thanks for listening to the SEN MLB podcast. For more SEN America podcasts, head to sen.com.au. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America.